Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Iowa Agronomy Update. We've got a, a little special edition here uh, for you this week. Uh, we've got a, um, a guest host here with us today, and uh, we got Steve Johnson from Iowa State Extension. He's our farm and ag business management specialist. So welcome, Steve, and welcome back to Huxley. Good, good to be back. We were we were fortunate enough. We had uh, Steve here uh, last week, and and he. Uh, presented on a number of uh, different topics here to us and we invited him back and, and and just has a lot of great insights into our our crop crop marketing crop insurance and and we'll even touch a little bit into arc plc uh maybe towards the end but really want to focus in here today around our crop marketing decisions dabble into crop insurance and, and get some of Steve's thoughts on on where we're headed coming out of 18 and headed into 19. So um, first off, Steve, I want to kind of touch base. Um, you know, our WASD numbers came out uh, February 8th and um, we've gotten to gotten a look at those. We've got them analyzed over over years and to see what they look like. So I want to start with soybeans. Um, we it looks like we've really figured out how to grow soybeans the last three years. You know, we're coming off of what third year in a row of record production, second year best ever yield. Um, you know, we we didn't top 45 bushels nationally until five years ago, and really since then we've never looked back um, with yields of 47 and a half, 48, 52, 49, and now 2018 looks to be 51 and a half. With that being said, and all the trade issues that we've got uh, in the in the noise right now, and in, in a lot of the the media, you know, can you know that that that's really run our end or our our stocks to you know our ending stocks to use ratio all the way up to projected to be over twenty two percent. Can soybeans handle another record production year in 2019? Absolutely not. Let's go back to 16, when the U.S. growers planted 94 million acres of corn and 83 million acres of soybeans. Well, we found out the hard way. We grew record production, 15 billion bushel of corn, and we overdid it on the corn side. So the message that I think growers got, well, We've got two large vending stocks on corn. Let's grow beans. So we go out and grow 89 million acres of beans in 17, and we do it again in 18. Yep. And so a lot of the focus is on, well, this is the trade issue. No. Right. Farmers got the wrong message. And the message was just grow more soybeans. There's going to be the demand that will take care of the soybeans. And I agree, farmers have figured out uh, that we can get to pretty good yields. Yeah. And we're above trend line yields. If you just look at five of the last six years, we've got a above trend line corn yield and above trend line bean yield. We're producing too much. That's the bottom line. Right. For 19, we've got too many beans. We've got too many beans in the US, 910 million bushel left over. Yep. In Brazil and Argentina, we've got too many beans. The WASD report indicated that we've got the largest ending stocks for global soybeans in history. Yeah. And the fact is, is that we've got too many beans for the amount of demand. The message that farmers should be getting in 19 is don't grow soybeans. Don't grow 89. Don't grow 87. Don't grow 85. 
we ought to be growing 82 or 83 million acres of soybeans and it's not going to happen. Right. The fact is, is that with the wet fall and the likelihood of the wet spring, we're probably going to grow 86 or 87 million acres of soybeans. And I would guess that the average cash price for soybeans are probably going to be around 825 or 850 yeah. next year. Right. And so, no, I think the soybeans are going to be a tremendous challenge. We need some sort of a major weather problem. And Brazil gave us a little bit of that. And now Argentina is giving us perfect weather. Right. Now, now it's wet in Brazil for the second crop, the Saprina. And, and now it's dry in Argentina. So the hopes of slowing this global production didn't happen this winter. And so I believe the reason that the ending stocks are record, 9-10, and could possibly over, be over a billion bushel before the end yeah. of this market year, we just don't have the demand for that many soybeans. So unless we can find some other I mean, use, you have to take care of it on the supply side. I mean, you're talking 25% of an annual year's usage left over. Unheard I mean, of. Unheard of. But we used to do that in wheat. Right. We've never done that in soybeans. Right. We used to do it in wheat. And, and to be honest, I think that the trade issues with China probably cost us 300 million bushel. But farmers overproducing cost us another 300 million right. bushel. Right. And even if the tariffs came off tomorrow, China's not coming back after our beans. The strategy of a soybean producer should have been sell the rally last February, March, April, May. Over $10. We spent 16 weeks with November beans <laughs> over $10. Yeah. So if you couldn't figure out that you needed to sell those ahead, then the message should have been at harvest, when you knew the government was gonna give you $1.65, and the average cash price was gonna be around eight sixty, sell the cash, uh, add that cash price to $1.65, and you got $10 beans. Yeah. That is not the message a lot of farmers got. Their message was take the dollar sixty-five and spend it, and then hold on longer and let's see if China comes back into this marketplace. Uh, a fool and his money are soon parted. <laughs> yes. There's lots of fools out there listening to this yes. podcast yes. that recognize that was a mistake. You should have sold the rally that you got in December. Yep. The highs were in December, and the fact is, is the best basis uh, of the winter was likely in December. So there's a lot of people that should be kicking themselves. But here's the bigger problem. We're going to do the same thing in 19. I'm just going to ask you the same question. <laughs> have, we seen, have we seen the highs already in December heading into 19? Because uh, we, we, we can't count on the Trump bump again, can we? No. They, they've already said that that is not in the budget. That right. was $12 billion total, $8 billion of just uh, the uh, market facilitation program payments. No. You should not plan on the government giving you more money because of the trade issues. You should prepare for 19 that the likelihood is we've got a billion bushel left over in August, right. and those billion are going to be hanging over to the marketplace like a hangover, mm -hmm. and then you're going to grow another crop, and we need some sort of weather uncertainty. My marketing strategy all fall, all winter is finish whole crop sales make new crop sales with November over 960. 960, 970, 980. Here's the problem. We only spent two weeks over 960 and only one day over 970. If we would get some sort of a weather rally and fun buying, I'm saying hit it. 
let's get some 19 beans sold. If you need to deliver them off the combine, forward cash contract to a processor. Yep. 20 under, 40 under, 50 under. Get the beans to a processor and get 20 to 50% of your beans priced right. for fall. If you have to deliver the beans to a co-op, use the January futures, not the November, and then you can wait for better basis. Yep. I think we're gonna get lower futures at harvest yep. and an uglier basis than uh, we had that, this year. That was my next question, uh, Steve, is will our basis hold steady or are we gonna go back to that negative dollar and a quarter that we saw this last year at harvest time? Back to a negative dollar and a quarter. Now we don't have 438 million bushel left over like we did last fall. Right. Now we have a billion bushel left over. Right. So you're gonna get a double whammy by harvest. It, yeah. You're gonna get likely futures pressure in the late summer and then you're gonna get this basis that's the dollar ten, dollar twenty-five under the November in October. Yeah. And so I think you've got to manage accordingly. Yeah. We've got to catch some sort of futures price rally. Um, I think the crop insurance projected price is going to come in just around 950, right. just short of 950. Let's use a rally over 950 in March, April, yep. and May to get some beans priced yes. off the combine and then manage the cost associated with those beans. I'm concerned by next fall, November 19 beans are gonna go right back to where November 18 beans were. Yep. And that's 826 with a buck and a quarter <laughs> under yeah. at the local co-op. That's $7 cash beans. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Think about the risk that could come on soybeans and so we'll be so dependent upon Brazil and Argentina weather next year. And it has nothing to do with tariffs. The tariffs probably will likely come off and China will need some of our beans in the fall. Right. But those beans are already sitting in the Pacific Northwest and they're sitting in grain bins and bags all over the Dakotas and Minnesota waiting to move. Yeah. So don't think that it's going to be at the local marketplace. The demand right now is the crusher. You should be so focused on the basis that the crusher is bidding for beans. That is the only game in town. Yeah. We're just not going to move these beans down the river, all right, right. because the rivers are going to be flooding. We've <laughs> already got flooding on the Ohio. Yep. We're going to have flooding on the Mississippi. Yep. Uh, we have the wettest harvest uh, that we've had in recent history in yep. Iowa. Yep. And by the way, We've had the snowiest 40-day period <laughs> yeah. in history. Yep. We just broke the 1912 yep. record. We're gonna have a late planting, all right? Yep. So the likelihood is there's tremendous challenges. I think the late planting supports corn, but it sure doesn't support beans because eventually we're gonna get these uh, 10 million plus acres in Iowa. And Iowa's not gonna add much to the additional corn acres right. for 2019. Right. So soybeans, you're saying focus on the end user uh, or the the crusher. Uh, watch your basis levels and and sell on a rally here in uh, early spring. I I think the basis we've had some, a lot of snow challenges. Yep. So we've had some 40 and 45 unders, where 50 unders are normal 
uh, basis sure. for the processors. Yeah. The co-ops are still at 70 to 90 under. Yeah. It's not a co-op game. Yeah. They're not going to bid up to yeah. buyers. Yeah. So, yeah. And why would they, right? No, no. The best futures prices of the winter were on December 12th. And I don't think we'll take out those prices. Yeah. And if you're looking for what they were, I believe the March was at 941 and the November 19 beans were at 971. Yep. There's your high watermarks. If you're looking for an upside price objective with a lot of resistance, that's them. I've been using 922 March soybean futures yep. since October. Hmm. It's a Fibonacci retracement, just a 38% retracement from the May high, subtracting the September low, 38% of that's 922. And we spent a lot of time above 922 we were above 9.22 two weeks ago. So the fact is, is that yeah, farmers guessed wrong on soybeans and it's getting pretty expensive, especially if the beans are stored commercially. Right. So a question on all the trade uh, noise here. So that, that 300 million that you think may have been affected in, in trade numbers, that, that essentially won't hit the, the, uh, the tech sheet or metric sheets until the 19 marketing year, right? I mean, those essentially won't, you won't see the, the, the effect of that really until probably the end of this year, right? Well, I think we've already seen the effect of it because that 300 million went right on the 438 million bushels left over from last year. Okay. So in August of 18, all right, we just added 300 million because of the trade issues. So now we went from 438 to 738 and we also grew a yep. record-sized crop, right. and that's how we got to 910. Yeah. I think we're heading for a billion. I yeah. think oh, by the yeah. time we see WASD in a couple months, yeah. it's not gonna be 910, it's gonna be a billion because the exports aren't there. Yeah. The slowest export bookings in 10 years. So let's just say a billion, all right? Close enough is we're gonna have a billion bushel left over. Well, for corn, we're only gonna have roughly around 1.7 billion. Yeah. So when's the last time we had almost as many beans left over and there's the problem yeah we just don't have the demand so yeah tremendous challenges but i do believe a wet spring uh will probably benefit corn and i still believe we're going to rally corn um there'll be some funds that are sitting in the nearby it'll be the may contract uh but more than anything i, I think we'll probably see that december i still believe that we're going to see that december back in that 415 to 425 range yeah. and give a producer the same type of opportunity they had last year. Right. And the fact is, is that our ending stocks might not change that much if right. we're gonna plant this two or three million extra corn acres. Well, that, that's my first question here as we get into the to the corn conversation here. It's, it's really a completely opposite kind of story, right? So we've had uh, record production here last three years. I mean, you look at, uh, uh, three years in a row over a 174 national average with uh, production all three of those years topping 14.4 billion all three years with you know three years ago over 15 um, you know it really says a lot about our corn demand that we've really stable stabilized our bottom end of this corn market and we're driving down our stocks to use ratio even lower below 12 percent now uh, so, so tremendous work uh, you know great on our demand side we're chewing away and really grinding this corn away um you know where's the downside in this market i guess i think the downside is good growing conditions if we would have 
near perfect planting conditions and we can get up on that 93 94 95 million acres uh, uh, planted of yeah. corn like we did in 16 yep and then we get near ideal growing conditions this summer um, we're going to put a lot of pressure on this futures price i mean we're going to take december 19 futures easily we could yep. probably take it back into that uh, you know 320 330 range but it's hard to imagine that we're going to have those extremely dry conditions, yeah. especially in April and May. And so, you know, I feel very comfortable that a lot of the Corn Belt, and it's not just the Western Belt, because I'm hearing horror stories out of Arkansas mm -hmm. and Tennessee where it's raining the, and yeah, the forecasting. Deluge, the Southern Deluge, right? Yeah. Yep. So how are they planting those additional corn acres? Where are the additional two million corn acres gonna be planted? I don't think they're in the Mid-South. I don't think they're in the Western Belt, and maybe they're in the Eastern Belt, but I doubt it. I just think we're gonna struggle to get those corn acres. Originally, I think we thought they were 93 or 94. I think they're probably closer to 91 million acres. Sure. And they're probably not sitting in the heart of the Corn Belt. It's probably not Illinois and Iowa no. and Nebraska. No. One, two, three in, in U.S. corn production. So who's gonna plant the extra corn acres probably outside the heart of the corn belt and if we don't plant the corn acres here we plant beans yeah i mean there's just not that third rotational crop so there's where i think this corn bean or what we call the bean corn ratio you know we oftentimes say well that's usually about a two four i think the market's telling us that we need about a 2.2 ratio and the fact is is that i think we align that ratio between now and the middle of may by taking corn lower and beans higher yeah. as an incentive that we still need corn acres. But by the time the smoke clears and it's June 28th, what did we plant? No one knows. But yeah. I believe in my heart of hearts is it's probably going to come close to 91 and not anywhere close to the 93 or 94. Yeah. But unfortunately, the soybean acres are probably heading to that 86 or 87. <laughs> 87 so yeah. I, I think that if we grow trend line yields of corn and beans, we're probably going to be in about the same boat for corn next year, 1.6, yep. 1.7. Yep. And beans, we're heading for 1.1 to 1.2 billion bushel ending stocks for August of 2020. We need a major weather event, and that's what's really key. The weather that we look out to the spring tells us the likelihood is that we're going to have a warm, wet spring. Yep. We are seeing an El Nino starting to fade. By the time we get into the summer, that looks like we could be transitioning back to ENSO neutral, which isn't necessarily negative, mm -hmm. all right? We had ENSO neutral summers there in 17 and 18, but the fact is, is there's not a lot of threatening weather. There is no La Nina like we had in 12. <laughs> right. We just don't have the major threat to our weather. And I think the opportunity is going to be the wet spring that brings the funds back into the markets because of the uncertainty of planting. Yeah. But I think corn wins and beans lose. But yeah. eventually, both futures might rally just because of the wet conditions. Wet conditions. Uh, but again, they'll be planting in Texas here in yeah. a couple of weeks, but that's not where most of the corn's grown. Yeah. But when we're wet in the Mid-South, Louisiana, uh, Arkansas,
right. uh, Mississippi, Tennessee, that does not bode well to think that you're going to get some of those extra corn acres in the south. Yeah. We probably are going to struggle to think that those extra corn acres are going to be planted there. Yeah. So we touched on the the wet spring and Mother Nature has really given us a snowbank here that'll that'll give us ample uh, soil moisture heading into that planting conditions. But really, right now, from our crushers or ethanol plants, you know, are, should we be looking to for an improved basis here? Any, you know, potentially here in the next uh, month or so. I'm starting to see some price later contracts starting to come out. Free price later's. Um, you know, I. I, I as a grower myself, I'm hoping for a little bit better basis, but it it seems to be steady. But but are they trying to get it off the off the farm now, and is it getting tougher now with snow? The best basis of the winter just happened the last two weeks. These yeah. snow and ice events were your best basis that I've seen in five years. Right. It, but it meant you had to get the truck out yep. and move yep. corn. Yep. Whenever the co-op offers price later, run and hide. <laughs> because they are basically saying, I need your corn, and the basis is good. Yeah. So be careful is that when you do a price later, all you did was eliminate storage. You didn't manage futures price risk. You didn't manage basis risk. It is when the processors need the corn is when the price later contracts come out. Yep. Now, let me give you an example. All right, the last two years, the low tick of the futures price has been on August 31st. It's not a coincidence. Sure. Those are the price later contracts is so when you put on those bushels of price later and they take your corn and sell it and move it and you come in later and say oh well i need to set i need to set my cash price that is that august 31st farmers are waiting till the very last day to finally accept a cash price okay. and the highest cash price was sitting there in may and june and you missed it <laughs> right because you didn't have a price objective i am not a big proponent of price later contracts run right that's the co-op saying i need your corn because the basis is good right. and so the fact is is that sooner you figure that out the better you are i think the best basis of the winter were these snow and ice storms and these processors uh we saw basis that i've never seen in february yep. in recent years and so the best basis was sitting around these snow and ice storms i'm concerned by the time we get into april and may the wet corn that got stored is mm. going to start showing up. Yeah. We believe there's a lot of wet corn and beans that were stored on farm in these bins. Yeah. And so I think you've got to be monitor probably a lot of snow in these bins with the types of snowstorms we've had. Yep. I think we're going to get into some quality issues, mm. especially in May and June. So I think you've got to be monitoring the grain that's stored on farm. And there's nothing wrong with moving these corn bushels on a good basis basis contract stay long the futures right. buy a call option but yeah there's way too many people that february typically does not treat us well we call it the john deere low because for 40 years we watch farmers sell corn and beans in february to pay their john deere payments it's an right. old terminology yep. the basis tends to widen in february because so many farmers need cash it was the snowstorms that we got late January and February yep. that gave you these small basis windows, yep. and now we're right back to normal February basis. Hmm. Yeah. So, ninety. So you're saying maybe ninety-one, ninety-two at best is what you're thinking. 
pull a trigger maybe on a rally at 410, 420, I think I want to start early. I, I think if crop insurance projected price comes in at four, let's go 405. Yep. Uh, let's get 50% of our corn priced, uh, 405, 410, 415, maybe a run to 420. If we can get anywhere, anywhere over 425, buy your puts. Get 50 to 60% of your APH bushels priced in the spring. Yeah. Uh, and, and don't blink. If you want to commit them to delivery, HTA, if you want to deliver them at harvest, think about forward cash contract. If you don't want to deliver them, hedge them. Buy a put option. Yep. But six out of six, that's pretty good. That's 100%. Six yep. out of the last six <laughs> years, you better be selling the spring rally because yep. if you missed it, it gets expensive. It, well, it sure paid off in the bean market this last year. I Absolutely. Know that. I think the beans will be the bigger challenge, but this corn market's going to rally. I think it'll rally right on time, probably a little later than some people wanted. But usually about the middle of March is when we finally see December corn futures rally. Sure. And that's what I'd bet. Somewhere between the middle of March and the middle of May, we need to get her done. Yeah. So February, you mentioned crop insurance setting that price here, and that's where really where we're at here right now. We're what 20th, 22nd of uh, February, and we're getting ready to set that crop insurance price. Right now, it looks like projected numbers are four, 401 corn, and really 950, 50, 55 on on soybeans. Good side on the corn is that's a nickel higher than last year downside on beans is that 60 cents lower than last year i mean that man your acre guarantee just takes a tumble at that kind of guarantee yeah i think it's going to be a struggle i mean we're going to have uh you know uh, lower revenue guarantees if you stay with the same revenue guarantee um i think you want to work with your crop insurance agent early on to do this pricing make sure that your uh, uh, production evidence uh, you've already provided your crop insurance agent no i think we're going to be missing fifty dollars an acre in beans all year long yep uh, is that we're missing the 50 now in our projected price and we're going to be missing the fifty dollars all year long so mm. in your cash flow take fifty dollars out and just say no i got fifty dollars that is not in here in beans and it shows you the struggle that a lot of farmers are going to have in growing beans but if you're not going to manage that price risk, if you're not going to grab that 950, 960, 970, then plan on $7 cash beans yep. off the combine. And now where are you going to store those? And how long are you willing to store those? I think the biggest problem is the farmers are hanging on to 18 beans, which was a terrible mistake. So it's the farmers that are still bowled up on their 18 beans, even though they spent their $1.65 MFP. Right. I really think that's the group that's going to struggle because they're going to forward price zero beans. So they're going to have beans left over in August, and they're going to have unpriced 19 beans. And there's going to be some financial pressure, I think, come next fall and winter if we just have these normal growing conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So as we set this acre guarantee and they're looking at their crop insurance premiums, are there options out there that can help them, you know, trim trim a little bit off that premium while still keeping their acre guarantee in the same range? Sure, we've seen that over the last few years. You know, a lot of farmers have gone from optional to enterprise units, uh, combining all their uh, bean fields together in the county. Uh, possibly, uh, you know, utilizing the subsidies that are available. Um, and determining what level of guarantee you really want. Uh, I think when you go to enterprise units, you always add hail uh, yep. because that's the greatest risk that you have. There's a product this year called SCO, Supplemental Coverage Option. Yep. Um, it's available and in play for 19, but uh, it's relatively inexpensive. 
it's a county-based revenue product. Right. So you add it right on top of your own farm-level revenue protection, uh, and it's subsidized at the 65%. But this is the challenge of the SEO. It's available in corn, too. If you're going to buy SEO and add that to your revenue protection in 2019, you need to be thinking about this ARC agriculture risk coverage and PLC price loss coverage program, new farm bill, yep. to your election, 19 and 20. Are you going to elect and enroll in the PLC? If you are, then you can buy this SEO product before March 15th. So right. be talking to your crop insurance agent, yep. but you need to have a frame of reference. Am I going to PLC on my corn base acres in 19? If it looks like we're going to be below the 370 reference price, I think most of our corn base is heading for PLC. We'll yep. Therefore, you can buy the SCO. Um, and it will probably be fall before you'll have to make that decision. To your election, buy crop, buy farm number. Uh, ARC County or PLC, I would guess that most of the Midwest um, we're probably heading for PLC on corn, and we'll probably stay with Arc County on beans, depending on where that national average cash price is next yep, year. Right. But the fact is, I don't think we spend a lot of time below 840 beans. But corn's been below 370 four straight years. Sure. And so you start to see PLC will likely be the most popular choice for those corn base acres. This is the new farm program. Right. So think about pricing SEO when you go into your crop insurance agent. Right. It's a supplemental product. It's a county-based revenue product that you can buy. It caps your revenue guarantee at 86%. And because of the 65% subsidy, it's relatively inexpensive. Yes. Uh, yeah, so after listening to you last week, I called my agent up right away and, and had him give me a quote. They. They were a little reluctant to, to quote it, but but did and um, and I, I just think that their the agency's feeling is that there's there's not a lot of understanding behind these policies out there, right? And and just how it plays into signing up, you know, you have to lower to make it affordable. You're going to have to lower your your multi peril from 85 down to down to 80 or, or 75, and then add in the SEO, but then that means you probably need to sign up for PLC uh, this later this year. So, right, there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall into play here uh, to make that worthwhile. But if that's where you, we think we're headed, you know, my quote is, you know, save, you know, going from 85 down to 80, you can save two and a half bucks an acre, almost three, uh, you know, right there off the top, you know, and so that's, you know, another bushel of corn savings right there uh, on an insurance premium. So th that that is an option. I, I think I like where you're headed there. So what are there any dates that we know of yet for the ARC PLC sign up time? I know farmers, we, we like to live off of deadlines and I know it's not close. So we're probably not concerned. We're probably more concerned about the March 15th for crop insurance, but We'll we'll start signing up ARC PLC later later this year, later summer or early fall. I think we'll probably be uh, late. I think it'll probably be fall. I think it'll probably be November December. Yep. And the reason is is because we don't have the rules and regs. It's the middle of February. Uh, even when you write the rules and regs, you have to write the software. You got to train your county staff. Uh, you have to create these new forms. 
And most of the county staff is going to be busy with acreage certification until middle of July, yep. August. Yep. And so the fact is, by the time that you get the county staff ready, farmers go in the field for harvest. And so hmm. I would guess that uh, probably this election enrollment, it's a two-year election, annual enrollment, ARC PLC, I'm thinking that it's probably next November, December, uh, maybe early January. And then there's another, uh, you get to update your yields yep. uh, beginning in 20 for the 21, 22, 23. These are the PLC yields using your production evidence for the years 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And so I think by the time we get into the summer, you'll start to see the rules and regs. You'll see extension maybe doing a few meetings. But doing meetings publicly with FSA, I'm planning on November. Uh, you heard me say in the meeting last week, <laughs> yep. see you in November. Yep. If you didn't get to any of the Farm Bill meetings, and there weren't very many, um, it'll probably be November when the farmers aren't as busy and they can get into FSA. But it'll be primarily a two-year election of Art County or PLC right. by, by, crop, by crop, by farm number, by number. just okay. like what we've done the last five years. But it's a two-year election, not a five-year election. Right. And uh, if you do elect and then enroll in PLC, then you'll start to understand, oh, then I can use that supplemental coverage option. Next year at this time, most farmers are going to be pricing SCO on corn Good. because they're in the PLC program for two years. So I feel like we're a year ahead uh, in the fact that, hey, we launched out here and started talking about SCO and pricing SCO and cheapening up your crop insurance premium, but I think it does have a role. I think farmers are looking to where to find that five, ten, twenty dollars an acre in savings, and I think that's justified. We're heading for tight profit margins in right. 2019. Yeah, we're there. We're in that tight profit margin and certainly only getting worse here, especially on the soybean side of the business. Uh, so, um, with that being said, any any last thoughts on on what we're you know we've covered a number of different things here: corn, soy, insurance, ARC PLC. Um, any last thoughts? You know what, or maybe just one last question. You know what what makes this so tough for growers? You know to to market their market their grain. I think growers struggle to be able to have a futures and cash price objective for their corn and soybeans. I mean, almost any business model has to have a price objective because you need to know the margin. For some reason, the way we've evolved in, in row crop agriculture, we grow it and then we sell it. Mm -hmm. And then we get into these five and seven year ag cycles where we just get our heads handed to us, where we recognize, man, we've got to know our cost, we've got to know our break evens, and then we need to know what futures price objectives we have and how are we going to manage both futures and basis as we go forward? I think we've caught a lot of growers in a not good spot. It's about discipline. It's about having a reasonable price objective. And when we get there, get her done. Sell 30, sell 40, sell 50% of your APH bushels and cover your cash flow in the fall and winter months yeah. because these are getting to be very stressful fall and winter months. I'm going to use 4 to 425 for December 19 corn futures and I'm going to use 950 to 970 for November soybeans. You need to have reasonable futures price objectives 
above your projected price because you're guaranteed your APH times your level of coverage. You're guaranteed your projected price. And if the harvest price is higher, you get a new revenue guarantee. Right. And so the crop insurance and the subsidies that are available for the next five years is your number one government farm program. It is not ARC PLC. You're no. chasing 5 to $10 an acre off the bottom of the market. Right. You've got to be in tune with revenue protection and how we leverage it so we can be more aggressive in pre-harvest marketing and selling those late winter and spring rallies. Yep. So you're safe to say that the that those first two years of ARC County payments are, are probably in the rearview mirror, right? I mean, we're even if we sign up for PLC, we're not going to come back and find $70 an acre out there in a, in a subsidy payment, right? No. Those $70 came when we had extremely high county revenue guarantees. Right. That's what triggered those ARC County payments in 14 and 15. And we were using prices like 529 as a five-year Olympic average yep. for corn price and 1228 for a five-year Olympic average. Those prices aren't going to be anywhere near, though. So our revenue guarantees are going to be 100 to $200 lower. The only way you're going to trigger an ARC County payment is to have a really crappy county yield. Yeah. And so think through that. Yep. Uh, you're not going to make much off ARC PLC. So yep. don't even put it into your cash flow. Just make the decision that you think might trigger a payment. I personally think it'll be PLC on most of our corn base acres because we're below 370. Soybeans won't spend much time below 840. And so we'll probably stick with our county. But like I say, the big money is on marketing. The big money isn't in government farm program payments. No direct payments. ARC PLC is the only thing under the commodity title. So maybe leveraging PLC to buy SEO in 19 and 20, sure. cheapening up some premium. But let's do that now. Let's get in to your crop insurance agents. March 15th is just three weeks away. It is three weeks away. Well, with that, Steve, we certainly appreciate you stopping by today and, and going through a, a number of things. And, and certainly, uh, if you have any other questions, feel free. Uh, Steve, get a hold of Steve. Uh, his email is sdjohns at iastate.edu, s-d-j-o-h-n-s at iastate.edu. Thanks a lot, Steve, for coming by, and certainly appreciate all your insights. My pleasure. Go Cyclones. You bet. Go State.